Interesting company started up here a little over five years ago. This sort of marries this enormous boom that we've had in, in housing and rental housing in particular with maintenance, and which is always a big problem. The company is called MySteller. Dustin Marks is the founder, the CEO, and he just recently found himself the beneficiary of another round of funding. So that's a nice endorsement. Dustin Marks joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for the time. So a few million here, a few million there. It's always sort of the perfect gift, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, especially this time of year. So so tell me, tell me. Well, first of all, give me the, the elevator pitch. Tell me the company. Tell me what the company does. Yeah, so uh, Stellar, what we do at a very simple um, way is we exist to deliver a hassle-free maintenance experience that's done right. And, and what we do is we partner with these large institutions that own and manage rental uh, properties for single family homes um, with skilled labor, uh, plumbers, electrician, handymen. And there's a bunch of different inefficiencies and, and we leverage some of the latest in technology as well as really great people uh, to create a much better experience for someone who rents. You know, I, we've had the CEO of Invitation uh, Homes on several times and they do their own maintenance kind of like this. And, and of course, they're, they've got scale. But also they talk about this This is a way to keep an eye on your properties and be sure that the properties are, are well-maintained. So it's it's I guess it's a benefit to the renter, but also to a, maybe even greater extent to the owner. Yeah, you, you can imagine how difficult it would be to have a thousand or tens of thousands of homes in all throughout the U.S., and going, well, what's happening in, you know, my home in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so through some of our technology, we're able to provide some of those insights for people, not only what's happening, but also what potentially could happen in the future as well to minimize any of those costs and protect the asset. You know, it, it occurs to me you're, you know, sort of right place, right time. You might not have been able to do this 15 years ago. Technology, maybe the technology wasn't there. Or maybe also there weren't as many major owners of single-family dwellings out there. And, and now that the institutions have really gotten interested in that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, this category actually before 2009 did not exist, um, was this institutional owner category. It really kind of emerged on the other side of the Great Recession. But But even so, there's... Still, what's fascinating is there's somewhere between 16 million to 18 million uh, single-family rental properties in the U.S., and these institutions, depending on what data you look at, they're still maybe 5% of the market. So it still is a very, very small um, portion, but it's kind of following the path that happened with the multifamily sector you know, in the 80s and 90s. And now a yeah. large portion of multifamily is, is institutionally owned. But was this, you think this was a function of the the low interest rates or millennials moving through, you know, the, the cycle? Why why did it take place? Then? Why did it start then? Because we've, we've had a lot of one-offs. I mean, everybody, you know, you own a house and you buy a new one. And you say, well, instead of selling it, why don't we just keep it and rent it? Except it's mm-hmm. a hassle. Yeah, I, I think a, a big part was um, the um, uh, in order to necessitate the need for all the technological innovation, there had to be enough capital to be able to be deployed. And and so um, in a onesies and twosies of purchasing, um, there was never really a 
market or an opportunity for for someone to go yeah it's worthwhile to you know at this point now i think there's been over 40 billion dollars been uh, put into the market you know in this category is it still going still coming oh yeah so so it definitely is um what what we've seen and has been interesting obviously as interest rates are accelerating uh i guess irrespective of that and real estate do not play well together yeah. um and so um, at this point, um, I think a lot of people are kind of saying, let's just um, kind of put a short term pause and let's see what's going to happen. Um, and then the macro environment um, is still the same. So what's interesting is between about 2012 and 2021, there's been about 12 million additional households formed in the U.S. And there's only been about 7 million new homes built. And so you have this substantial shortage of housing, um, which affects everybody um, as well. But it seemed like there, there was a there was a new thrust out of COVID too. People, if, if they were working at home or they didn't want to be crowded or around other people, they wanted space. And so instead of living in a multifamily dwelling, an apartment house, you know, they wanted a single family dwelling. Yeah, we, we saw a ton of acceleration on the other side uh, because of COVID. So you, you kind of had two things happening at the exact same time. One of those is as millennials are kind of going naturally, um, you go, well, we're going to have a dog or a pet or we're going to have children. Like naturally those households form and need more space. And that happened at the similar timing of where people just said, I don't know how comfortable I am being um, around somebody that close to me that I really don't know and, and like to work from home. I'd like to have a home office and, and having that. And then the other part was we saw a massive amount of migration um, from, you know, maybe the coast to a variety of the, the Sun Belt as well. And so and historically low interest rates, which and, and, and the interest rates, um, you know, where where the Fed, you know, we kind of juiced the economy with a lot of cash very rapidly. So how do you pick your markets? Obviously, you're here in Dallas, you're in Houston, San Antonio, Austin. I don't see on the list, which surprises me. But and then Florida, Arizona, I guess these are sort of Sun Belt cities. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so um, initially, when we first got started, it was our customers would say jump and we would just say how high, you know, and, and so wherever they had properties, we would go. So you followed uh, them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at, at this point now, because uh, part of what we do is we also licensed, we'll actually look at a variety of the regulations in those markets um, and to make sure that back to kind of our original um, concept of delivering hassle-free experiences done right, we want to make sure that we can still provide the degree of service that each of our customers would expect. Everybody we talk to, every CEO we talk to is talking about you know, the, the labor force and the challenge to find to find the right people in, in the labor force. And a lot of them are bending the wind. In fact, we were talking to Rob Kaplan from the Fed the other day, and he was saying that a lot of the companies have just have dropped the have dropped drug, drug testing or they've, they've dropped the college education requirement. How about you? Are you having trouble finding workers that you can send into people's homes? Well, uh, we absolutely still, um, we, we will not uh, reduce kind of those expectations of the quality of the people because it is someone going into someone's house. Yeah. And, and you have to be, uh, we, for us at least, that, that's, that's a big part of, of what we offer. 
Um, on the other side, what's been interesting is as the market started to shift, we've actually seen a slight opening of a little bit of the labor pool, you know, as less renovations are happening, um, there actually has been a slight softening. And so we are seeing an increase actually in available skilled labor in, in the most recent time. And, and I'm sure the cost is going up too. You no problem passing that along to the... Yeah, unfortunately, it feels like costs are going up for everybody involved, you know, and, and whether it's the wages are, that are needed to be competitive in, in those markets or the different materials as well, even if it's not due to supply chain, maybe there's just been shortages um, too. So uh, what we look to do is, you know, ultimately we're going, how can we be more efficient? So all of those costs don't get just passed on. And are there ways, as an example, can we reduce the frequency of trips that a contractor would make to a property so it's less expensive? The contractor's still making the same amount of money, but it's less costly to you know someone who who um, manages. A well, property. some of that I guess is preventive maintenance if you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even as as we kind of take a step further. Um, what we kind of have a, a view is is maintenance is um, quite antiquated and um, it's almost analogous to when the broadband industry first got started. And what I mean by that is you would have these routers going to people's homes or offices and they'd be really complex and your Internet would stop working and no one knew what to do. But today, you or I, as lay people, we know to maybe hit a restart button, you know, unplug it and yeah. that fixes it most of the time. And if not, you talk to somebody who maybe isn't sophisticated, but they got a really robust script and they're able to solve it. And if not, you roll the truck. And so we're actually investing in a very similar approach of actually going, can we give um, almost a guided DIY, but that's really curated to actually know someone's own property, yeah. how to resolve your own maintenance. And if not, almost like a teledoc. And then if that doesn't work, then you roll the truck, but you got all that information. And in a lot of ways, you can resolve it without ever having to send somebody and the person gets it on demand. I never would have thought of that. That's genius. <laughs> I, no wonder you attract capital like that. Dustin Marks is the founder and the CEO of MySteller.com. It's good to have some time with you. Thank you a lot. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. And uh, really, really, um, I, I'm a big fan of KRLD. I listened even uh, you know, as a native Dallasite in the in the 80s as well. And, uh, it's one of those great stations for me. Thank you for the time. I think you just turned it into a commercial. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.